All right. Well, that concludes my portion of today's episode. I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to Mr. Mike Levantovich. Are you there? I'm here, Lauren. Am I coming in loud and clear? You are. Good. Beautiful. Okay. Well, listen, I appreciate you handing things off to me and getting things started. Um, hey, I'm happy to be here today on Friday. Uh, it is exciting to see a robust week of applications and a lot of good paychecks. Uh, we had a lot of people putting up big numbers in October. For those that are not aware, Andy Albright has been talking about this fourth in goal contest for the fourth quarter, which includes October, November, and December. And I'm not going to go over the contest, but hopefully you're aware of them, that there's a producer contest. And when you're a, whether you're a rookie in 2017 or rookie from 2018 or a veteran, which means you were contracted before December 31st of 2017, um, uh, you have a chance to be winning up to $5,000 or more if you're a rookie agent because you could compete in, through, in all three contests. There's similarly a contest for recruiting and getting agents started. Um, so that's all big news. So we're one-third of the way through that contest period, and a lot of people are fighting. And we've got players on our team that are in a good position to win uh, and earn some big bonus money for the quarter, which would be pretty exciting. That to be handed out at our national conference in January, uh, January 25th, 6th, and 7th. Um, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so that's a big deal. If you haven't heard about that conference event, we want you to know about it. But there's so much going on. But let me bring you right into this call. I'm so fired up. We have an amazing call today. And for those, if you've tuned in over the last few weeks, you understand that we've uh, tried to do a deep dive into each of the four basics of the in-home process. You know, And for those that are not aware, if this is your first time listening in, when we talk about the in-home process, here's what those four basics are. Basic number one, we talk about picking up the check or picking up the phone. Or we say sometimes just pick up the check and pick up the phone because in order to get a check, you're probably going to need help. So get used to calling for help from the home. Make that part of your process. And so we did a whole call on that two weeks ago with Michelle Alleman. The second big piece is, is using the green sheet and finding the client's assets and using that to help define that problem. Um, and so we – had Brent Swindell, who's already like $1.3, $1.4 million in paid annuity money for the year, uh, who's on track to make a half a million dollars this year. That's who we had on last week. And then today we're jumping in and doing a deep dive on getting referrals. And next week we'll be covering the recruiting in the home and recruiting outside the home and, and hitting on that. But So today we've got two people who in the last year have really – taking ownership of the referral process and making it work for themselves. And I'm so excited to get to be talking to these guys. We've got Junior Korea. Some of you on the team know Junior. Uh, he's on our call as he's been growing, and he's tracking to make a strong income this year between two fifty and 300000 But we've got a guy who's not part of our team, but he's part of the Alliance team. And he's someone that Noel and I got to know more back in Hawaii, hanging out with him. And his name is James Coleman. I'd like to get James kicked off. I think we've got his line open up. Um, so I'd just like to start by saying I love what he's done in terms of growing as a producer, getting through some struggles, learning some stuff. Uh, him and his wife have gone through some junk. Everybody goes through some junk. They've gone through some. But, but I love the fact that he's really stood up this year and gotten on Andy Albright's radar as the top producer. But he's done it not just with leads, but with what he's done on the referral side. And we've got a number of people that he has opened himself up to to answer questions and share his experience and take time away from his family and business to help other agents out. And I thank him today for being here with us. But, uh, James, do we have you on the line? Is your line opened up? Yes, sir. Can you hear me, buddy? Hey, I'm hearing you loud and clear, man. So thank you so much for being here today. All right. Well, first and foremost, and, Mike, I want to thank you and Noel Levin-Tolich, uh, for giving me the opportunity to speak to your team. I definitely appreciate it. Humbly blessed and grateful. Hey, man, that's awesome. Um, and we have a lot of people that don't know you, and, and even though I know you, I know there's parts of your story that I don't know, but, man, if I could just start off by letting people know where you're from and then tell and just uh, a little bit about, you know, you and your wife and, and how you all found the line. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yes, as uh, Mike said, my name is James Coleman. I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia, but from New Jersey. 
my wife and I, we've been here now for six years. We have three beautiful children. I have a daughter that's 27 that just graduated with her master's in mental health back in May. Uh, we have a two-year-old grandson. I have a son that's 18, and I have a young daughter who will be a teenager on next Saturday. I'm still scratching my head like this girl's about to be a teenager. <laughs> but um, I'll tell you how my wife and I ended up down here in Georgia, how we ended up with the Alliance. Um, back in 2010, life was great. You know, I'm on a job, I'm making six figures, and then reality hit. My wife got diagnosed with breast cancer. And my wife had to have both breasts removed, reconstructed, chemo, and she underwent nine surgeries in two years. And, and I remember going to my boss at the end of 2011, asking him, can he give me a transfer down to Georgia or to Miami to get my wife closer to her parents and also have a better support system. And at that time, my boss said, hey, James, hey, look, how about we have this conversation once we start the new uh, fiscal year? Now, in retail, fiscal year and calendar year is totally different because the calendar is going to go from January to February. Our fiscal year started in April. And so he put me on the calendar to have a conversation with him. And uh, I sat down with him in May and talked about moving. And he said, well, James, we got New York number one in the company for the past seven years straight. I used to be a district manager for Best Buy. I had 11 stores that did $570 million in revenue that I was responsible for. And my boss said, I don't think it's a good time for us to have this conversation about you transferring. Let's revisit this conversation next year or two. And at that point, I was like, hey, look, I'm going to get up and leave, you know. I don't want to say something, then you say something back. I don't like you. don't like something, so I'm going to get up and leave the meeting. And I left that meeting, got out to my car, and I called my wife, doctor, and I asked her, would she approve me for a leave of absence? And she said yes. So, and at that day, I made a decision to voluntarily walk away from a $165,000 a year salary job and move my family to Georgia. Now, uh, people thought I was crazy and everything. Like, you know, you got to this point making this kind of money. Why would you do that? And for me, I can't put a price tag on my wife. So I was okay with it. What I didn't anticipate was that when you got money saved up, and you have no money coming in, and you still spending like it's coming in, it goes real fast. And my wife and I found ourselves in a situation where the cars got repossessed, garbage can got repossessed, and, and the garbage can stands out to me the most for the simple fact that I didn't even know they repossessed garbage cans here in Georgia. And I remember my wife saying, Baby, they took the garbage can, and I said, "No, they probably gonna give us a new one." And I and and, and I called, you know, the the, the garbage people to, for the city. I said, "Hey, the garbage man took the garbage can by mistake," and the guy said, "No, Mr. Coleman, we took the garbage can because you did not pay us the thirty-five dollars." And at that point, I felt real low as a man because I did not have the thirty-five dollars. And I was like, this is this is not going to happen. Uh, we got got to do something different. And I ended up getting a job. And I got a job, and then uh, on that job, the uh, the my boss wanted me to compromise my morals and my integrity on the job. And I didn't, I wasn't going to compromise my morals and my integrity on the job. And so uh, I parted ways with the company. And I remember telling my wife, Hey, look, I'm not going to work for nobody else no more. I'm, I'm going to work for me. I want to be in the driver's seat of my own income. And my wife said, hey, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. And she said, call Eric McGriff. Now, Eric McGriff had tried to introduce the business to me two years prior to me getting involved in the business. But at that time, you know, I was brand new in Georgia, had money saved up, life was good. I was like, now nah, I'm good. And I told my wife, I said, I'm not calling Eric. He sells life insurance. And my wife said, Boy, if you don't get in that room and call Eric, I said, okay, happy wife, happy life. 
So I went in there. I said, hey, man, what's going on? He said, hey, what's going on? I said, are you still selling life insurance? He said, yes. I said, are you still making six figures? He said, yes. And I said, do I got to harass friends and family to make money? He said, no, we got leads. I said, I meant what I need to do. And the reason why that last question was important to me, because I had been a part of other organizations, lotion, potions, powder, pills, you name it, and my success was predicated upon me having to harass friends and family, and I didn't want that kind of setup. And so that's how I got started with the Alliance. Now, during my journey with the Alliance, my very first year with the Alliance, my son at the time, 15, tried to commit suicide. And um, I know most people would have stopped everything they was doing, you know, to try to fix that situation. In fact, he tried it the very month that we got started in business. A year later, in 2016, you know, he tried it again. And um, But at this point in time, we were blessed to have mentors like, like Ms. Diane Lampy in our lives to help us really, really get through everything that we was going through psychologically and also deal with, you know, my wife, she was still dealing with um, being emotionally depressed and everything because she had just lost her brother, you know, and, um, and not even a year from the time we got in business. And then I had to deal with her father <clears throat> battling cancer while we was dealing, going through this as well. So I'm just grateful that we, we found a system and a company and a culture and a community to be a part of that embraced us, you know, wrapped their whole arms around us and was like, we got you. Just stick with us. We got you. And to not be judged. And, and, and I tell people all the time that my wife and I, we found a home for the rest of our lives because of what Mr. Andy Albright has went on to create. Now, we've been here three and a half years. Our first full calendar year in the business, we made one hundred and sixty-three thousand uh, dollars last year. We made about two ten. Uh, uh, this year, we get at three hundred, or very, very close to three hundred thousand dollars, and that's all because of the system that Mr. Andy Albright has created. Uh, the leaders uh, in the company, uh, the top producers that I reach out to and pick their brain and get some advice and get some strategies on what it is they're doing to help me become not just a better producer, but also to become a better leader. The host has joined the conference. So that's a, a 30,000 uh, square, square foot view of, you know, my wife and I, how we got started in this business, where we came from, and where we at today, Mike. Well, hey, I appreciate you sharing all that. I suppose that, you know, I'm sure you're just hearing the tip of the iceberg on some of this stuff. But I hope people understand what you've been through and what you found and what you've done. Uh, I like the fact that you came from a position of making money and understood, hey, man, what it takes to make money work and just the fact you've applied yourself through this. Um, and I love the fact that you point out that we've got leads because, again, while well, this call we're going to be talking about referrals, but you started the foundation of your business with leads and then got to referrals along the way. And I think that's just a big, important piece that's worth acknowledging here. So with that said, James, man, um, how dependent on you or how dependent on leads? Talk to me about your dependence on leads, um, you know, during the first couple of years of your business. How, how Did you lean on them a lot? Did you sell to family and friends? Talk to me about the resources that were most helpful to get you off the ground. Yeah, uh, first and foremost, Mike, I, I, was a, I was considered a lead junkie. You know, everything was leads for me, leads, 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 leads. And um, when, I, when I got exposed to the ERS system, and I guess the way I got trained on it, I, I really didn't feel comfortable calling the people on it because I felt like I was trying to backdoor my way into a cell with them. And so uh, I never really called the ERS when I was getting them and, um, and also realized later on that I was doing a disservice uh, to the client by not calling them. And so when I started calling them, I wouldn't even try to set an appointment with them. I would call them just to give them my contact information and the name of the insurance company that, that I placed their, their uh, friends or family members with. 
but I was an absolutely junkie. Had my GMR, and then when uh, and this uh, everything started last year when uh, I noticed that my GMR wasn't getting 100% filled, and um, and I it would happen sporadically. It didn't start happening more and more, and every time I would call Mr. Dorian Saunders and tell him, hey, man, my, lead, my GMR not getting filled. What's going on? And and I guess I must have called him one time too many because he got tired of hearing about it. And he said, James, if you call me one more time about your GMR not being filled, boy, I'm going to punch you in the face. You better get in those homes and you better do the right thing by these clients and get those ERSs and call them. He said, Minerva then went out here and made over $800,000 without one lead, and you complaining. And that hit me square dead in the face that it was a huge opportunity out there for me, and I wasn't taking advantage of it. I wasn't taking advantage of the system that Mr. Andy Albright created. And so when I got off the phone with him, the first person I called was Ms. Minerva's profile. And I talked to Ms. Minerva about what it is she's doing that has to allow her to have the success that she's having without any leads. And two things resonated with me, which was, James, you got to ask for it. So the problem with people is that they're not asking. She said, and the second biggest thing is you got to have the client let the people know that you're going to call them so they can be expecting your phone call. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And so I got that's how I got started, Mike. And um and I remember getting started and I was going to the people's homes and everything and I was going through the the script, uh, getting the ERS and I would get well, I don't know anybody, only know two people, only know three people and um I was like, Okay, and then and the names I got, I was like, Can you call them and let them know I'm gonna give them a call? Okay, and they was like, yeah, okay, but I would take the sheet with me. And so one day, I was like, well, how's the client going to remember what names they gave me if I got the sheet? And that's when it hit me to start taking a picture of the ERS while I'm in the client's home and sending it to the client right there at the table so now the client know exactly what names and numbers they have given me. And then I still had to uh, overcome only getting two or three names. And so I, I was at, at a client house, and I said, when the client said, look, I got about three people, that's all I can think of. And I was like, let me ask you a question. Have you had your housewoman uh, party yet? It's like, no. So if you had your housewoman party and you had to invite 15 people over at the housewoman party next Saturday, who would those 15 people be? And it's just all that lot of people. And, and, and the reason why I, I, I did that and it's like, okay, and I use housewoman because I know People just don't let anybody into their homes around their families, you know, to break bread with. Okay, so it went from the housewoman where uh, people were like, well, I don't do housewoman. It went from housewoman, then it went to birthday parties, then it went to Thanksgiving dinners, New Year's Eve party, Christmas dinner, any major Super Bowl party, and all that stuff. And so once I started doing that, I started getting more and more. But I would always ask for 15. That that was my number. 15 was my number because I knew if I asked for 15 and they fell short, I'd probably get 10. So I always, always ask for 15. Um, That's big. Hey, I want to come back to something. As you talk about how here's the one thing that I heard, though. As you were talking about, like, the moment that made you change because it felt like it was like something that snapped inside you that you just suddenly said, well, maybe it's something that snapped inside Dorian. <laughs> and then it, he made it snap inside you. But what I heard was it was almost like you just suddenly decided, made a decision, I'm going to do this. Because like you said, you received training. 
you heard it was the right thing to do, but it sounded like you'd never committed to doing it until Dorian got mad enough and put his size 10 up your ears or something to that effect. You're absolutely right, Mike. And 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 when I look back on it in retrospect, Mike, you you hear how people say, and you read, but once you once your mind is made up, stuff is going to come to you. Once your mind is made up. Now, I didn't know how I didn't know how good I was going to become at getting referrals and everything, but my mind had got made up. Because, you know, I was at the point, I was like, you know what, I'm not doing the right thing for these people, and I should be. And, you know, looking at my GMR not being filled. Now, mind you, my GMR, Mike, is typically about eight or nine different counties. I don't have a one or two county GMR. It's typically eight or nine different counties. Uh, I don't run outside of Georgia. I, I run in the state of Georgia. That's it. And, um, and I was like, okay, I am going to get good at this. I'm going to get good at it. And and so that's how everything started to come to me in regards to taking a picture, you know, asking about the housewarming parties and all the other stuff, and that's how all that came about. And so then it, 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 it ended up going different because now that I had to figure out how do I set the stage for that. Okay, and um, and how the stage got started, it started from the ATM when we talk about these billions of dollars of unclaimed life insurance money out there. And talking about, and I, that's why do they think that is, and get them to start talking and having that conversation. And some of the things that we're taught, and you'll hear some of the top leaders talk about when they're teaching on training and closing in the house and everything, is, you know, the psychology of you nodding your head yes at the table and the client end up nodding their head yes right back. So I started saying, hey, think about this, Mike. When you got hired on your job, you had to fill out an emergency contact just in case something happened, right? And as I say right, I'm nodding my head yes, and what do you think Mike is doing? Nodding his head yes back to me. I say, think about this, Mike. When you enrolled your kids in school, you had to fill out an emergency contact just in case something happened, right? And Mike would nod his head back in the uh-huh. and say yes. And I say, so one, I say, so doesn't it make sense that we put an emergency contact system in place for the one thing that is guaranteed to happen to all of us, which is we're going to leave here? And I'm nodding my head yes. And they are across the table nodding their head yes. Because guess what? They've never even thought about that before. So, but the, word, the, the words I've chosen helps them, helps it sink into them, and it makes a lot of sense. Doesn't it make sense? And I'm nodding my head, and they say yes. And I tell them one of the services we provide for our clients is the emergency response contact system. You know, we don't want anybody to be part of that, that $58 billion and growing. So we get a list of 15 names and number of people that you know. My job is to contact them, let them know I'm your agent, and give them all my contact information and let them know what company that we put them with. And I say, does that make sense? When I'm asking that question, does it make sense? Once again, I'm shaking my head, right? Because I already explained to them how much money is out there. I explained to them already how come that much unclaimed money is out there. And so now, in the beginning, you know, there's a lot of people like myself in Georgia that has transplanted them their way down here. So in the beginning, I was getting a lot of people from out of state because a lot of people down here are transplants. So I changed it up and started saying we need 15 names of local people. And, and I said, here's why. I'll tell you why we need 15. Here's why local people. I say, hey, look, you already know. Our people do not like to answer numbers they don't know, right? I'm shaking my head yes, and as I'm shaking my head yes, they're shaking their head yes. I said, with that being said, I'm not going to get in contact with everybody. I'm probably going to get in touch with half of them. And the half I get in contact with, half of them is going to keep the information. Does that make sense? I'm shaking my head yes when I say do it make sense, and the client 
is shaking their head yes because it makes sense to them. And I say, here's why we ask for local people. If people already don't like to answer numbers they don't know, they're really not going to answer numbers that's from out of state. Do that make sense? And once again, I'm shaking my head yes, and the client is shaking their head yes because it makes sense. And in some cases, if it's a client that it took me to call them three times back-to-back before they picked up the phone, I say that. I said, think, think, think about this. It took me to call you three times in a row before, before you picked the phone up because you didn't recognize the number, right? And I'm shaking my head yes, and they're shaking their head yes. That's how I end up with 15 names every time I go inside the house. I think since I've been doing this, the least amount of names I got, once I got good at it, was about eight. And I've been in houses, Mike, where's though the husband want to put his own sheet together and the wife want to put her own 15 together. Mm, that's big. That's big. So, I mean, if you can just, if I can just sit back and I'm hearing you talk, I hear conviction. So we can talk about the words that James is using. If nothing else, you hear conviction. And then you hear that it started with conviction in James's chosen words that work for him based on his conviction. So if you're one of those people like, I just need to know how, okay, well, you can copy James' system, but what I need you to copy more than his words is start by copying his conviction. I mean, one of the things I learned a long time ago, and we all have different tools and things. James, if I'm talking to somebody and they're like, well, I just can't think of anything, I'll ask him with this. I'll be like, hey, James, do you know what this sound is? And I'll I'll be banging on the table like five or six times in a row, and they'll be looking at me like, no, I don't know what that is. I said, that's the sound of your casket dragging down the church steps, hitting every step because you don't know at least six people to be a pallbearer. And sometimes they're sitting there and they start laughing, and then they'll think of a couple people pretty quick. You know, yeah. but my, my point is just that, hey, getting people – to think, to smile, to laugh, and you having conviction is all part of that. Um, so I love the fact that you're sitting there, you're, you've already anticipated the objections because you got them all. You've been doing this enough that you found them because you had conviction to keep fighting to make it work. Um, so now that you've, got, you've, you've gotten the names, that's certainly the first step is deciding and having conviction. The second step is learning how to get the list of names, the ERS list, and telling the story and working with them and getting them on paper. So now you've gotten a list on paper. What's the next thing you do uh, to prepare yourself to make it easy to call people, James? Okay. So that's a great question, Mike, because I always get the client's permission. And that's the part that I struggle with in the beginning, Mike, is and why I did not – try to book appointments with the names I got in the beginning because I didn't have permission from the client to talk to these people about life insurance. So after I get the um, I get the names, I say, hey, Mike, hey, look, if I can help anybody on this list just like I did with you and sit down with them about 15 or 20 minutes and go some options to help protect them and their family, are you okay with that? And as I'm asking that question, and when I get to, are you okay with that, Mike, once again, I'm shaking my head yes. And I got them in agreement. And they say, absolutely, James, sure. And so as I get, I take that picture and I send them a text message. And I say, hey, you can call these people. If you've got some time, we can call some of them now. And, or you can text everybody. And I send the text message. And the text message say, hello. Mm-hmm. My insurance agent, James Coleman, is going to call you on my behalf. And before you ask, yes, everything is okay, please take his call for me. And they they have the list of names they gave me, so they already know who to do it. I've had clients call everybody right there while I'm there. I had clients text everybody right there I'm there. But And the reason why I did that, because my nerves said, You've got to tell the client to let the people know you're going to call so that people are expecting that phone call. And so okay. that's, how, that's how I set everything up. 
So, like, now let's say I'm calling you, Mike, and this this is how my phone call go. Ring, ring. What? Hey, Mike. Yes. Hey, how's it going, buddy? How you doing this afternoon? Well, good. I'm, I'm driving, driving home from work, but I'm good, man. Okay, that's good. That's good. Hey, Mike, this is James. I'm the life insurance agent for Andy and Jane Albright. Did they call or text you that I'd be giving you a call? Oh, yeah, they texted me, I think it was like Wednesday or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I did get a text. Great, great, great. fantastic, fantastic. Well, Mike, the reason for the call is twofold, Mike. The first reason for the call is that your buddy Jane and his wife, uh, your buddy Andy and his wife Jane put you down to be part of their emergency contact system. And what that simply means, Mike, is that they trust you to be part of their emergency contact system, which means they trust you to have my contact information as well as the name of the life insurance company that we placed them with so that in the event, if tragedy were to strike the family and your buddy Andy or Jane were to pass away, you would have a point of contact to reach out to to make sure the life insurance company do their due diligence and get the money paid out to the family. Are you okay with that responsibility for your buddy Andy and his wife Jane? I can do that for them, yes. I would do it for them. That, that's, probably, that's probably why they put you down there, buddy. So, Mike, if you could do me a favor, and, uh, and I'm, I say probably about seven out of ten people, I'm catching them at, at home. I will get those ones, like Mike said, driver, I will get those people. So I'm assuming Mike is home, and I say, hey, Mike, can you do me a favor? Can you grab a pen and a piece of paper? I'll hold on. Just let me know when you're ready. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I pulled over when we started talking, so I, I can take a note here on my phone. Okay, good, great. So first name is James. Last name is Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N. Okay. My, James Coleman, got number, it. My office number, Mike, is area code 678-542-4513. My okay. personal cell phone number is area code 973-223-4546. Okay. Email address is my first and last name, James Coleman. 929 at yahoo.com. Okay. Now, the name of the life insurance company that we placed your buddy Andy and his wife Jane with is called Foresters. That's F-O-R-E-S-T-E-R-S. Got it? I do have that, yes. Foresters. Okay. Now, Mike, if you could put that information in a safe place and hopefully you don't have to use it, but in the event you do have to use it, you know where to access that information to give us a call so we can make sure, like I said, the insurance company do their due diligence and get the money paid out to uh, to uh, Andy's family. Also, Mike, if for any reason Andy or Jane were to get diagnosed with life-threatening cancer, have a heart attack, a stroke, kidney failure, ALS, or have a major organ transplant, please give us a call, Mike, because they got access to their money why they're living and any of those things happen to them. Make sense? Yes, it does. Great. Now, Mike, I did say the call was twofold. Mike, the second reason for the call is that when I was sitting down with Andy and Jane, you talked about it being a good idea that I sit down with you like I did with them for about 15 to 20 minutes, going over some, some options like I did with them on how to protect you and your family with some additional coverage outside of what you already have at work in addition to what you got. And they said you're down in Burlington. Is that correct? Yes. Now, uh, is it just you, Mike, or is there a spouse or a significant other, or is it just you? And Noelle is my wife. Oh, Noelle. It's you and Noelle. Okay. Now, Mike, what time do you and Noelle typically get home from work? We're typically home by about 6, unless we got, like, swim carpool stuff. We're typically home around 6. Okay, about 6. Tell you what, Mike, I'm out in that Burlington area tomorrow at about 7, 7.30. Will that time work for you and Noel when y'all will be home for about 15, 20 minutes so I can sit down with you both, go some options just like I did with your buddy Andy and Jane on how to protect y'all with some additional coverage outside of what you already got at work on addition to what you got? 
Yeah, I think we can. I think uh, that that would work. That should work. We should be home. We should be back by then. If that'll work out. Okay, great. Now, now, what's your address, Mike? My address twenty five twenty seven Nelson Miller. Okay, great, fantastic. Now, uh, now, Mike, is there any reason you could think of that that seven seven thirty would not work for you on the well? Got about eight other families to see. I just want to make sure that time is going to work and that both of you will be there. Yeah, that'll work out. We're good. Uh, Saturday evening, uh, we don't have any swim practice or anything like that. So tomorrow, tomorrow being Saturday works out pretty good. Okay, great, fantastic. Let me ask you this, Mike. That number one, two, three, is that on the mailbox, the mailbox post, the house, or the garage? That is on the mailbox. Yeah, it is on the mailbox. Okay, great. Now, uh, Mike, I would be in the black Nissan Sentra with my name tag hanging around my neck to identify who I am. I just ask that you and Noel give me about a 30-minute grace period just in case there's some of this crazy traffic out here, okay? Okay, well, I appreciate that. All right, sounds good. All right, buddy. Look forward to seeing you out there. Okay, and, all right, sounds good. Mike, that's how my yeah. phone script goes. That's okay. how it goes. Because I'm, I'm already assuming the sale with the person on the other end. Now, do I book everybody? No. But I tell you, if I, if I get, which is rare, if I get 15 people on the phone, it may be happening a couple times. But my average, the average amount of people I'm going to catch on the phone is 10. That's my normal 10. I get 10 people on the phone, I am going to book about six to seven appointments out of those 10 people I get on the phone. Everything, if they tell me, hey, no, they got it already, I'd be like, hey, that's great. Tell you what I do. Um, as a, a courtesy uh, to Andy and Jane, I do a, a complimentary policy review, and I'm in that Burlington area tomorrow and on Saturday. Okay. Wait to get me inside the house. There you yeah. go. And then, okay. and, uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm assuming the sale, and if I sit down with six of the people, Mike, I am going to write about four or five of the people I sit with. And the four or five that I write, I am going to get an emergency contact system uh, uh, sheet from them filled out as well that they understand how I got to them. So it makes sense to them to do the exact same thing. Gotcha. Makes sense. Okay. Cool. All right. So I love that. And uh, it's simple. And, and there's some people, maybe you've heard us have James on a national call. Maybe you listen to his audio file and you've heard this. If this is your first time, on, if there's nothing else, I hope you can get his conviction because the conviction comes first. But then you start to say, okay, I could start to use what he's doing, and you might choose to tailor it a little bit toward you. You might get to work on it. Um, but let's do this. Um, I've also got Junior Korea on the line here, James. And if you want to hang out with me, I think I might come back and have some questions for you. Some people might be texting me some questions. Yeah, i hang on. Because Junior kind of went through a similar phase of hearing it, and just recently he made the same decision you did. Yeah, he's like, I'm not James Coleman. And he's like, I'm not Jasmine Lightborn. I'm not Paul McKenna. I'm Junior Korea. But I decided I learned a little bit from everybody and I did it my way. And that's kind of what I want to do. So, Junior, I believe we got you on. Junior, do we have your line open up? I'm here, Mike. Can you hear me? I do. I do. Tell me, Junior, and most people know who you are. So, in, in just in the essence, in the interest of time, I want you to talk to me about what was the piece that made you decide to get real about referrals? Sure. So really the biggest thing is it's not, a, it's not complicated. I remember having a conversation with Andy a few months back, and we were talking about the four basics inside the house, and I really wasn't doing referrals. And he – I don't remember his exact words, but the way that I took it was – Junior, you're at, you're at a such higher level now, I can't believe I'm even having to ask you, are you getting referrals? And I'm sure he didn't say it that, that way or that deep or, the, or mean, but the way I took it was, I can't believe we're even having to have this discussion of, am I doing the four basics? So really, I just, I, I just really just want to do the system. Like so many people fight stuff and they and they want to argue and they 
and they know what they need to do, but they're just not doing it. And honestly, the, the people don't like this word, but the word surrender, they think that that makes you weak. They think that that makes you not, not strong. And really, that's one of the most powerful words, one of the most powerful things that you can do is just surrender. Okay? Now, what are you surrendering to? That's a big thing. You could surrender to alcohol. You could surrender to drugs. You could surrender to video games. I'm just surrendering to the system. I'm surrendering to the fact that I love Mike and Noel. I love Andy Albright. I love what he's set up. I love the fact that he's not steered us wrong. And I'm just gonna. And I'm just like, okay, why am I fighting it? Why am I fighting it? And it's deep down. I know this is what I need to do. It's not complicated. So why am I gonna argue with it? So, I mean, that's really the biggest thing, Mike. There's not anything magical. <laughs> okay. All right. So, but here's what I picked up. It was like, Andy was asking you questions. It was just, here's it was the essence of what I heard was, Andy just asked you simply, hey, you get referrals. And you couldn't tell him yes with a straight face. And because you've been around and you respected him, it was just somehow that hit you at that moment. It was like, why am I still pretending? Why am I not selling out? Why don't I just decide to do it? Was That's what I'm hearing kind of hit you. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. So now at that moment, so that happened. What did you do? Like, so, okay, so you felt naked. You felt exposed. You're like, but I'm going to change it. What did you change? What was the first thing you did to start getting good at the referral side of things? Um, I mean, I just, I knew I just, I, need, I needed to do it. So it's, I mean, like if when I'm sitting with a client, I just when I get to the end, I know I'm not done until I go through the entire ATM. And while I'm while I'm filling out the app and putting my cell phone on my phone on their cell phone, I'm like, hey, there's one more thing we gotta do before I leave, and then I can get out of here. And I say that every time, and that's it. And then I point to the ATM. I mean, I do it slightly different than James. It's my personality, but I point to the ATM, and I show them here. Read these two things and that's it and then i just get 10 referrals okay so i want you to slow down very simple but i want you to slow down and say exactly what you said for those people that want to copy or start by copying i think it's okay for people to copy you or copy james everybody's got a starting point you know so let's give them if you want to start copying, great and then adjust as needed to start making it work for you but if you point to the atm what are the two things you have them read in the atm okay so here's so here's exactly what I what I do. Um, hey Mike, there's there's one other thing I got to do before I leave. It's very important. And then I'll flip to the page of the emergency response system, and I hand them the ATM and I said, read these two bullet points. And I just point to the top two bullet points on the ATM. Which page? Take two the seconds. ERS page? The ERS page, yes sir. And then while they're reading that, I'm pulling out the ERS sheet. And then when I pull it out, all I do is I point to the billion dollars and I say, did you know that? And they're like, no, I didn't know that. Or sometimes they're like, yeah, I knew that. I got money out there. Whatever they say, I'm like, I know. It's crazy. So what we need to do is here's what happens. These insurance companies, there's billion dollars of unclaimed money. And it's not because the insurance companies don't want to pay a death claim, Mike. It's because people die. They don't even know there's a policy. And... The other thing is, if you died, can you call me to tell me you're dead? No. Well, no, I can't. Okay. All right. So what we need to do is we need to set up the emergency response system. What it is is people that are local, that when you die, one of these people can call me. So we recommend that you put 10 people down. So one, they got to be local. Two, um, they got to be over 18 years old. Okay. Who's the first person that you want to put down? And then I just write it out. Okay. All right. So very simple. So you get the names. Is there anything you do once you've got them written out uh, to to get permission to call? What do you do next? Yes. I, I put a little squiggly line around the bottom of the ERS once I get all of them. And I say, okay. When I call these people, I don't give them any of your personal information. I just call them and say, hey, your dad got a policy, your aunt got a policy. I sat down with him for life insurance. I told your aunt that she can't call me when, when she did. And I give them my name, 
my cell phone number, and the name of the life insurance company, Mike. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, and then I point, and I pick up the ERS sheet, and I say, hey, by the way, if any of these people need help with life insurance, do you mind if I help them? 100% yeah. of the time I've gotten, no, I don't. Like right, what you just said. And I say, okay. All right. So that, and then do you ask them to call or to do anything to help you break through? Yes. I say call them, let them know, and I'm going to get a hold of them. Okay. So do you ask them to call them right there? Do you have them text? you just have them make a oh, phone call? I just, what I've been doing, I just say call them, make sure they know I'm going to call them. Call them, let them know. Okay. Real simple. Whether it's okay. right or not, I don't know, but that's what I've been but doing. Watch this. Here's how it's, there's no judgment. We ain't comparing you and James to say which one's better. We're saying here's two guys that are making it work. So here's the next big question. So, Junior, now you've gotten the lead. Now it's time for you to call me. Do you call on your normal dial day? Uh, is there anything different you do when you're calling an ERS referral? Talk to me about your process there. Um, it's I call them during one of my dial sessions. I don't have a specific time when I call ERSs. I call them during my dial session. And um, when I call them, I just – uh, it's the same, it's similar. I mean, phone script is simple. I just call them up and I say, if you're just role play, so ring, ring. Hello? Hey, Mike? Yeah. Hey, this is Junior. How are you? I'm good. Good. Hey, we hadn't talked yet. You know your sister, uh, Shannon? Yeah, well, yeah, that's my sister. Like, of course I know my sister, though. <laughs> Hey, I sat down with her the other day, helped her with some life insurance. Did she tell you I was going to call you? You know what? She tried to call me, but I will tell you I did not get back to her yet. That's okay. Makes my job harder, but that's okay. No, I'm just kidding. Now, I helped her out with a life insurance policy, and basically she put you down as one of the emergency contacts, Mike, because I told your sister that she can't call me when she's dead, so someone else needs to call me and let me know. So... All you would need to do is, God forbid something happens to her, I want you to save my name, my phone number, and, and um, call me or call the insurance company to let us know. Can you do that for her? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I need to okay. take your number. Okay. Okay. Do you have something to write down with or you on the road? Um, actually, I'm pulled over, but I've got my phone open here. I can is it, I can save your contact. Is this the number I should save, the yeah. one that you're calling yeah. me on? It, it, it is. In fact, I'll text you. So I'm going to text you my name. Um, well, you're going to have my number, and I'm going to text you the name of the life insurance company that your sister had, okay? So I'll text that. To okay. You. Okay. And then the other reason I was calling you, Mike, is when I sat down with Shannon, she wanted me to get you some information on life insurance and go over that with you. But I wasn't sure. Are you paying for life insurance right now? Um, no, I'm not. You're not? What the heck? Well, we've got to fix that. Um, I'm going to put some stuff together and get it over to you. Okay, now are you single or married or? I'm married. I've got a couple kids. Married? you got kids? How many kids you got? Yeah. we got four. Four kids, my gosh. Well, you got four more than I do. That's good. <laughs> hey, <laughs> where um, whereabouts are you at? Are you in Tampa or where do you, where do you live at? Yeah, I'm kind of, um, I'm over in Ybor City. Ybor City, Okay. I'm not going to be there until Sunday. Um, do y'all go to church Sunday morning? Yes, we do. Okay. What time do you get back home from church? Uh, we'll typically back by 10, 10, yeah, 10, 10, 30, back and settle down. You got a, you got a, you got an early service. Dang on. Okay. Um, what I'll do is on Sunday, somewhere between like 1130 and 1230, I'll bring that stuff and go over that with you and your wife. Um, let me write down your address. Hold on. What's your address? 25. 27, Nelson Miller. Cool. Okay. You'll notice me, and I'll kind of speed up a little bit after this, but you'll notice me. I drive a, got a little black car. I'm 25. I'm trying to grow beards. So don't laugh at me. Um, is your house easy to find with a GPS? What's your wife's name? Please let her know. Okay. Now, honestly, I'm just having a conversation. It's not the same every time. If they answer more rude, I'm more direct. If they answer more joyful, I'm more laughing with them. I'm wanting to get to know them over the phone. If I'm not trying to complicate it, but yeah, like if there's other stuff I do, I just 
you know, we got time. Yep. <clears throat> okay. That's the skeleton. Right. That's the skeleton. All right. So people that are listening, you've heard James and you've heard Junior both go through what they do. Um, James, if you're still on, I'm curious, on a weekly basis, what percentage of the business you write, if you help in, I don't know, whatever number it is, if it's 10 families a week or 10 apps a week, how many are coming from referrals and how many come or are coming from leads? I'm about 50%, Mike. No, 50%. Okay. Junior, at this point, what, what percentage of your business is coming from referrals and what percentage is coming from leads? Um, I mean, if I was guessing, I would say 30 or 40% is referrals. Okay. All right. So that's a significant jump. In fact, Junior, I know you just told me the other day you made an adjustment to your lead budget because of your effectiveness with referrals. What have you done on the lead side because of your effectiveness with referrals? Yeah, well, I was investing. My, my GMR was set up for around 8 hundred dollars and I dropped it down to somewhere between 450 and 500 because I was I mean I had over 100 referrals I hadn't even called and I got current clients I hadn't even called and I'm getting more referrals from everybody I'm selling so it's like it's I'm getting way too many people to handle okay see so like that and some people say wow I wish it could be me and, Junior, when did you make the decision? Like, was it a year ago, six months ago, 90 days ago? When did you make the decision ago. to get three, to four, 90 days? Three So ago. Okay. So if you notice you're hearing James a little bit more systematized, a little bit more methodical, Junior's more kind of um, a little bit conversational. And so they're both conversational. I don't want to take that away from James. But they're slightly different in their styles. But they both have a conviction. And, uh, and I think that's massive. And they're both getting results systematically to the point where they're not as dependent on leads. So I, if I get anybody here listening to that, I want you to take that away. First they made a decision. Then they got busy in figuring out the process. They've laid out some secrets and insights to their process, but know it started with a decision. And I'm so appreciative of these guys taking the time. If you're like, God, i got to pick their brain some more. Well, here's what I know. If you're around Tampa, Orlando, Junior's at that Orlando hotspot every Wednesday. If you're up in Atlanta, I know that James is at their hotspot. I know that both these guys are going to be at our national conference in January. And uh, as you go out there and you build a relationship, you have the chance to pick up the phone and talk to these guys more and uh, pick their brain some more. As you make a decision, you're looking for someone to pick their brain uh, looking for someone's brain to pick so you can kind of bounce stuff off it. But guys, hey, James and Junior, Thank you, number one, for making the decision to commit to getting good at referrals, as it is the third out of the four basics of our in-home process. Uh, thank you so much for leading by example and not just giving it lip service. And then thank you again for taking the time to share here. I know both of you guys are busy. You've got rocking businesses, and the team appreciates what y'all are doing. So, guys, thank you. Continue to rock on. Excited to have you guys as part of the alliance. Thank you, Mike. Love you. Thank you, Mike. Have a good day. Bye. Bye, right, guys. Take rock care. on. Thanks.